Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. I'm going to be passing out a card to you, and I'll be talking about that in a few minutes. So hold on to that uh, as, a, as a tool. Uh, you won't need it right at the beginning. In, in the video, some of you and all those folks are in our church family Some of you said, what I experienced was the overwhelming love of God that came across me that I couldn't stop. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't stop. And you said, I I always just make myself available. And God's seen me through difficulties, and I'm here in one piece. My hands and feet are working, and I'm blessed. And he said, if you hold back and you don't share that word when someone needs it, we're failing as Christians. We can't let them go. You hear in that this deep passion to help others know the love of Christ that is fundamental and foundational to the transformation of the world. And in the midst of that, then there comes this blessing. It's out of that sense of being blessed, of God loving us and seeing us through so many things in life, then that we want to share that love, the love of God, with others. It's not about us, it's about him and what he is doing. The Bible says in 1 John, which is, by the way, in a couple of weeks we'll be starting a new series on the book of 1 John. It says, this is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. And this is incredible good news that God loves us. It doesn't matter what we've done, how far we've fallen short, where we've messed up, and we all have. He loves us, and like everything we've been looking at in the Christian life, what we do then is grounded in that love. It becomes our motivation to love. The Bible talks specifically about this good news, it says. In fact, it was at the core of the message of Jesus in Mark The Gospel of Mark in chapter 1, right from the very beginning, this is what Jesus said. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Believe the good news. This this phrase, good news, that is often used in, in Christian circles, comes from a Greek word, evangelion, which we've turned into the word evangelism, which is simply sharing this good news of Jesus Christ. That word also gets translated, euangelion, as gospel, uh, the gospel, which is derived from an Anglo-Saxon word, godspell. Maybe you even remember hearing a musical by that name, meaning good tidings and later the the story concerning God. And and a a way I remember this good news, a way I can kind of talk about it in a simple way, is that through Jesus, by the power of his spirit, God offers us Forgiveness for our past, purpose for our present, and a home in heaven for our future. Past, present, future. It's not just something that has happened. It's not just something going on today. And it's not just something in the future. It is all of that and so much more. And it it is such good news. But of course, if it's good news, then the flip side of that is that there must be 
bad news that sin and death are wreaking havoc in our lives. I mean, all you got to do is turn on the news. Local news, national news, international news, it doesn't matter where you look. We see devastation and destruction on, on large scale and on very personal scales that are the evidence of this sin and death. And that means that those who do not commit their life to Christ don't receive that forgiveness for their past or experience purpose in their present or find, will find themselves in heaven, in eternity, in their future, which gives each of us who do believe that, it gives us a a great urgency to sharing this good news. It's through this good news, the, this gospel, that the Holy Spirit works to bring about the salvation of all human beings. That's his desire, that's his purpose. There, there's not somebody at your workplace, there's not somebody in your school that you look at him and say, well, I can understand God wants to save people, but they never wanna save her, or they never wanna save him. There are no exceptions to God. There, every one he wants to save, to bring about this salvation. And, and that good news then is this gospel that the Holy Spirit wants to bring about works through us. The Bible says, I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Now, we believe that those who do commit their lives to Christ are blessed, that there are, there are aspects of their life, past, present, and future, that are, are transformed. But those of us who have made that decision, if we're honest, we may not always feel those blessings in the particular moment. And the mistake we, we often make is to think that I can only share the good news when I am feeling blessed, when, when I'm on top of everything. But it, that's not the way God created you and me to live. He created us to share this good news even when we aren't feeling it because he uses our sharing to actually help us experience his blessings. We may think, I can't do it till I feel this. And God is saying, I'm waiting to do that after you share. He wants us to do this. The Christian life is never about a sit back and, and soak it in. It is always about living it out and in the midst of that, finding the blessings, finding the joy, finding the peace that passes all understanding. And it's very possible that if, if you aren't experiencing all the blessings God has for you, that someplace in some of these areas, you're, you're choosing not to live as God wants you to live. Maybe there's fear keeping you from doing that, from sharing to, with someone else God's good news. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy saying, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Never. Guys, it is an act of faith to share this good news with others, to believe that it is true and that it can make a difference so that when we do this, especially when we aren't feeling it, it's in those times that God uses our obedience to grow our faith. Faith doesn't grow because I'm sitting around and I've committed my life to Christ. Faith grows as I live out my commitment to Christ, as I bump up against the hard things in life, as I am challenged and yet I trust him to still step forward, step out, step through in faith. 
If you think every time you bump up against a place that's uncomfortable that you can just wait until it all passes and somehow it's going to be better, no. The Christian faith has to push, is, is giving you the power of God's spirit to push through those things and in the midst of pushing through, that's when growth occurs. And God has given us this significant role in sharing his good news. It says in 2 Corinthians, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, talking about salvation. And God has given us, us, this task of reconciling people to him. In other words, that's part of our mission. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, that's where it began, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. You know, an ambassador is someone who represents the cause of someone else, who represents another nation, another kingdom. And we are ambassadors for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And we are here to share that good news, to, to help others be reconciled. The Bible says God is making his appeal through us. Certainly there's all kinds of ways he could do that, but he has chosen as his primary way to make his appeal through us. He says, we speak of Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. God always does the saving. You, me, nothing we share, nothing we do can save somebody. But God says, I want you to tell others. I want you to be my instrument of sharing this good news as my ambassadors. And God uses our sharing to work in and through others. I mean, that is so cool. And I don't doubt for a second that if God chose to, he, he would never need to use any of us. But for whatever reason, God has decided that in, in seeking the salvation of the world, he said, I want you to be a part of what I am doing. I want you to join in with me. I want you to get to experience the, the joy of seeing a life transformed. And all of this is why we make a big deal out of this. Because it is. It's a, it's a huge deal. God created the church and uses the church to be a blessing to those who don't know him. And he uses the action of the church to grow his people and help them be blessed. He, he works in us and through working in us, through to others, we experience blessings. We don't, again, we don't get the blessings because somehow we made a decision and we wait for it to come to us. Those blessings come as we live it out each day, not just on Sunday mornings in church, but Monday morning in school and in the hospitals and in the businesses and in the homes, day in, day out. And so our mission is to lead everyday people, us, to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And to do that, we've developed both a description of what a fully devoted follower of Christ looks like, because how can you become one if you don't have some idea of what you're aiming toward? But we've discovered that the, the, the description also is a prescription for how to become a fully devoted follower of Christ. We believe a fully devoted follower of Christ will commit to following Christ. 
And so we encourage everyone who comes through our doors to, if you have not already, to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, to his church, and to spend time with him daily, reading your Bible and studying it and praying. That commitment is a part of the process, not just of becoming a follower of Christ, but living and being blessed as a follower. We believe a fully devoted follower of Christ will connect with one another, that we were created to go through life together, that God in himself is Father, Son, Holy Spirit in his very nature, as Trinity, he is communal, and he calls us into that, that, that there is no such thing as a solitary Christian. And so this Sunday sign-ups today have begun for our groups if you're not already in an ongoing group, everything from women's Bible studies. And it's so important that right after this service, like 40 women from our church are gathering together to to plan and pray and prepare for the, the 100 or 200 or 300 women that will be signing up for that Bible study in the coming, in the coming days. But, but beyond Bible study, we have young adults and exploring Christ, a class to explore Christianity and a class to learn how to study the Bible on our own or with others and so much more. We believe a fully devoted follower of Christ will serve my church and my world, both and, not either or. And right now there are all these opportunities, like for the folks who are in Louisiana, through both your your financial gifts but also your time. There will be a group headed there next weekend to serve, and we've got information about that on our website. At the same time, locally inside with our children and our students, and and today we're offering training and a rally right after this service for those who are interested, who are already committed, or are already committed to serving in our Gateway Kids. But I want to tell you, if, if you haven't signed up, but you are interested in doing that, you just go on down to the Life Center after this service. They'll feed you and they'll share with you about that and, and give you an opportunity to think and pray if, if God is calling you to do that. And finally, finally, we believe a fully devoted follower of Christ will share the good news because we can't not do it because we were put here on this earth for the sake of others It's never about me. And how will they know if they do not hear? And this morning, that's what we're going to then spend just a few minutes looking at and how important this is both for helping others come to faith in Jesus Christ, but also in helping us grow ourselves spiritually. Jesus calls us to follow him in sharing the good news. And as we've already said, many, many of us, though, may find this hard, maybe intimidating, maybe scary. Maybe we, we don't know what somebody's going to say, or we've tried it, and somebody said something, and it was, it was really difficult. I know it's felt that way for me before. Sometimes you just feel like there's somebody looking at you, and they have all this condescension when they learn you're a Christian or you're, you're interested in talking about your faith. And we feel like sometimes we have to have all the answers, you know? I've got to explain all this. Let me just, let me just kill that one real quick. I'm a pastor. I've been doing this for a long time. I still don't have all the answers, not even close and, and if you start naming the great heroes of the faith, like a Billy Graham, you know, or, or a John Wesley, or a John Calvin, or whomever you want to pull out of the last several hundred years, none of them have all the answers either. You know, God is infinite. There's no way we're going to figure it all out, understand it all. And God didn't intend for it to be that way. The point isn't 
knowledge, it's relationship. And so it's not about do I know everything, but whom do I know? Whom do I trust? Do you know everything about your husband, your wife, your, co- your children, your parents? But does that preclude you from trusting them just because you don't know everything? Of course not. And the same thing is true in our spiritual journey. You know, I know that sometimes we encounter people that it seems like they don't want to hear our story. And the truth is, some don't. But most of our unchurched friends would actually like to hear about your faith. In fact, a study done late fall, early summer of this year found that 79% of unchurched Americans, more than four out of five, more than three out of four, almost four out of five, you engineers will correct me on that, 79% of unchurched Americans do not mind you talking about your faith. And half of them say a personal invitation from you would be effective in getting them to visit a church. Now that's not Randy saying that. That's a survey of the very people we're talking about, whom many of us would think are the most resistant to faith. And and the beauty of this is, it's not necessarily about how much I know. What each of us has, what I have, is my own story of how Christ came into my life, and that's the best story in the world because it's my story and I can tell it better than anyone else. And you have the same kind of story. No, you don't have Randy's story, but you have your story. And there's no other story like it. And there are some people in this world that your story is the best possible story they could hear. Not my story, not Billy Graham's story, not somebody on TV or or something like that. The best story is your story and how God intersected with it. Peter said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for your hope, for the hope that you have. Again, so many people feel like, I don't have a story. I don't have something to share. Like you have to have this huge experience, you know. We read through the, uh, through the Bible and we come across people like the Apostle Paul who was Saul and he's on his, the road to Damascus and he wants to persecute Christians and suddenly there's a, 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 like a flash of light and he falls to the ground and he loses his sight and he's taken on to Damascus. He's heard a voice and then someone comes to him and he's healed and he can see and the the the, the things fall off his eyes so that he's, he can see again. And there's this incredible experience. And we look at it and said, yeah, if I'd had that kind of story, man, I would have something to tell. The problem is most of us don't have that kind of huge story. Most of us don't have. In fact, let's, let's do this. I did this in the first service and it, and it worked. If you've had this huge, overwhelming experience where God just, it just turned your life around instantaneously, raise your hand. Okay, look, there are hands. Absolutely. But now look around the room. By the way, I'm not raising my hand because I don't have that story. Look around the room and see how many people didn't raise their hands. And I guarantee you it's not that because they're not Christians. There are, there are hundreds and hundreds of Christians in here. And while we celebrate th- those of you who have those kinds of stories and you need to share them and they are powerful, the rest of us need to understand that just because we don't have that kind of story doesn't mean we don't have something to tell. I read about a 12-year-old girl this week who 
who started crying with her mom. She'd come back from a student conference, student ministry conference, and it was incredible. It was so amazing. And there all these stories of how God had freed individuals from pain and from drug addiction, from abuse and, and hopelessness, and how God had taken, taken their mess and made it into a message. And it was, it was inspiring and, and, and amazing to see what God could do. But then as she got away from that and she started reflecting on her life, She started crying, and she asked her mom if it would be possible for God to use her too, because even though she'd always been a, a sweet girl who, as far as long as she could remember, she loved Jesus, she didn't have that kind of story. Or did she need to, to go out and go astray for a while and do some terrible things and, and fall and mess up so that she could have this great story? And, and it, it flabbergasted her mother. It broke her heart in a way. And yet, it's not so weird because some of you sitting in here today probably feel like you don't have a story to tell. And you wondered, would I have been better off if some of this stuff would have happened to me? Because then people could, could hear about that story. But her mom reflected on what had happened to her daughter. And got her thinking about her own life. And, and her life had been a lot like her daughter's. She had grown up loving God, loving Jesus as long as she could remember. And she wrote, as I've grown up, I have realized with hindsight that although I didn't get saved out of those issues, I was most definitely saved from them. God's faithfulness through the generation spared me from the heartache and pain of living separated from God, from abusing my body, and from meaninglessness, saved from things that I watched my friends endure. We don't get to choose the families we're born into and therefore often don't choose how the grace of God gets applied to our lives and the situations we find ourselves in. But I most definitely needed the same grace that my friends did. I just saw it at work to spare and save me from the harshness of life. It was more like boundary fences that stopped me plummeting over a cliff rather than the net at the bottom to break my fall. I thought, what a great insight that for those who have those stories, God bless you. But for the rest of us who don't, God is not saying you have a second-class story. God is saying that he, he has worked in you and Thank God. Some of your friends who have those stories would say, I wish, I wish that I had discovered some of this sooner, that I hadn't gone through some of the pain and heartache that I went through. And, and here's this mom assuring her daughter that she doesn't have to go crazy. She doesn't have to go off the deep end to have a story worth telling that would and could and would impact the lives of others. And you and I all need to hear that as well. Many of you do. After the first service, several people came up and said, thank you for helping me know that my story is a good story, that I don't have to feel guilty or feel insufficient or inadequate because I don't have the story so-and-so has. Because here's the thing. For those of us who didn't have that kind of story, our witness to those who also haven't lived that kind of life may even be more powerful because it'll speak right into where they are. Not a life that was 
thrown out to the wind and going all over the place, but a life that was rocking along, doing maybe okay, but still not quite there, or something missing, or there must be something more. And God worked in that life too. See, that's, your, that's many of your stories that you can share. And, and the amazing thing is that story may actually resonate with more people because that's where a lot of people are. You have the perfect story because it is your story and there's someone around you that needs to hear your story. So this is where the card comes in that you were handed a few minutes ago. Go ahead and pull it out. And, and on one side it says sharing the gospel and gives you a brief summary of that. And, and that's one way of looking, of putting it, and there are other ways, but if you need that, that's a tool for you. But then on the other side, it says sharing my story. And both together are there to help you and me do what Peter said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. It's basically a simple way to organize your story because you may have a story, you just never organized it or you never put together the pieces. So I want us to look at that and I want to encourage you, if you have felt uncomfortable sharing your story, to spend some time with this. And, and I would even suggest writing it out. Spend a little time and as these four questions that we're going to be looking at, write them out. And maybe work on them, massage it a little bit. I know some, someone else I heard yesterday talking about get it down to 200 words. In other words, it doesn't have to be this super long thing. But if it's doable, narrow it down to a very simple story, beginning with who was I before Christ? In other words, what was my life like before I welcomed Christ into my life? What did I feel? What was I searching for? Was I searching for something? How, how, was my life falling apart or was something just not right or something felt missing? Or, or did I feel that, that there had to somehow be more? It's your story. It's not mine. So what, what was your, what, who were you before Christ? And then what happened when I committed my life to Christ? How did it happen? What did it look like? Did anything change right away? And some of you, again, can point to a particular time and place, but some of you can't. Probably because you grew up in a home much like that little 12-year-old girl did, where the love of Jesus was always a part of that family. And, and so there wasn't some big turning point. There was a progression of increasingly loving the Lord. And yes, at some point you may have stood before a church, you may have made a commitment, you may have been baptized, but you increasingly trusted him. And that's a story too. And, and quite honestly, every week when you bring your kids here and every week at your home, I hope that's happening in our Gateway Kids area and in your homes what I hope is that what we're doing is helping you, because you're the responsible, you raise your kids to increasingly know and love Jesus so that they can look back and never see a time in their life when they didn't love him themselves. Well, isn't that the most wonderful gift any parent can give their child? Not encouraging them to go astray, but helping them keep going in that direction. And for each of us then, maybe there was a particular time when we voiced our commitment, maybe it had been building for a while, maybe it was sudden, but whatever it is, that's your story. 
And then how did that make a difference? And, or who am I now? In other words, what changed? How, how do you feel now after making that commitment? How has your life changed since then? Or if some of those are kind of hard, what are people saying about you now? Or some of them say, hey, you know, I notice you're not as angry as you used to be. Or I, I notice that you don't cuss as much. Or I, I notice that you seem a lot more caring about people. Or you're, you're a lot kinder to your family. Maybe it's something, something like that. And then finally, who can I tell? Because remember, we aren't saved simply for ourselves. We're not simply transformed so that we can be, yeah, look at me, I'm a better person. We are transformed for the world. We are transformed to make disciples. We are transformed to lead everyday people to become fully devoted followers of Christ, to be his ambassadors. And so that means there are some folks that he has that he wants you and me to tell. This story isn't for me to hold. This story is for me to share. So God can use it to multiply his influence through you to others. Now, let's say you do all this and and you get some confidence about about the gospel story and and about your story and, and you pray about, God, who can I talk to about this? And not walk up and shake him by the fist and say you're going to hell if you don't believe, but more like, you know, when is it, God, help me see an opportunity in a conversation when they're talking about that something just seems missing in their life or they're struggling with some addiction or some, some lack of hope and help me, Father, to see those moments and to share my story when it's the right thing. So let's say you do that and you share and, and the other person just stares at you or their mouth goes agape. Oh, oh, you're one of those. I was afraid of that. Or they laugh at you. Or worse, they tell you that, that Christianity stuff is just a, cr- a crutch. Or they just turn around and walk away. You know? Let's be honest. For some of us, that has happened, and that's, that's one of the reasons it's hard to do it. Does that mean you're a failure? No. And let me tell you why not. Because you and I never know how God will use our story. And even though that person may not react, or they may react negatively, that does not mean that God is not using it and working it in their life. That does not mean that it doesn't stick in their crawl a little bit as they walk away, that they've been trying to figure this out and they've been trying all these other things and you just simply point them to Jesus and they walk away and they think it's crazy but over the next couple of days and then a couple of weeks they keep thinking about it and it keeps coming back to them and they don't understand it. And they've heard other people talk about this and maybe they come back to you at some point. You know? Because here's the thing, I guarantee you God is going to use it. God's going to use it in the life of somebody else. God's, God's been working in them long before you ever talk to them. And he'll continue working on them long after. And just because you don't have the opportunity to see them come to faith doesn't mean they're not. God may use 50 or 100 of us to speak into one person's life before that time comes. But he won't give up on them. And he will, when he asks us, when he opens the door for us to do that, it is for a very good reason. A reason that we may not see, we may not understand. 
And there'll be some folks that we never see the fruit of our efforts. But that does not mean there will not be fruit. Some of you are living examples of that. That people have been investing in you for years or decades. And you resisted. But somewhere along the line, the culmination of all of those stories, of all those witnesses, of all that love, finally broke through. And that was God using you. He created you for this. And, and it may not be till heaven that we discover how God used us. And we may discover that some of those efforts that we thought were the least effective, the least positive, turn out to be the most transformative for eternity. And we won't see it. So that's why this is faith. Do I believe that God will use my story? Do I believe God is working in my life? And I can't prove that specifically for you in your circumstance. But I can tell you by faith, I believe it, and by faith, I have experienced it. And so have hundreds of others in this room. And so have you, probably, in other areas. And is, am I willing to step out in faith in this? Because here's the thing, there are no wasted efforts when God is involved. None. None whatsoever. So be watching for those natural opportunities that God will give you to share your story. Don't force it, but he, if you ask for it, he will open doors, I guarantee it, because he created you for this. Remember, you are his handiwork. You are his ambassadors. You are the one he chose to work through, not, not through his direct divine means, not through just a handful of preachers or pastors or whatever, he chose to work through every one of us. He created you to tell your story as one of the ways he intends to reach others and at the same time grow you. Because when you face that adversity, when you are obedient, even when you do not see results, when it does not feel like something you want to do, it's precisely then that God grows you and works in your life and gives you that opportunity to join him in the salvation of the world. The Bible says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Let me tell you guys, you have been saved, those of you who are followers of Christ, you have been saved, but in addition, you are being sent. God is sending you. And scripture says, when you and I go, it's a beautiful thing. Here we are at the start of school, start of fall, new rhythms. It is a great time to look for doors and opportunities to share your story or to invite someone to church, to open the door, to trust that God is working. And even when you don't get the response you want, you don't give up. Because it's not about you. It's about your obedience and how God will work that in that person in ways that we can't even see. I still remember Mike 
inviting me to his church. But looking back when he did, I realized that God had been laying the foundation for Mike to invite me for some time. Not through Mike, but through other circumstances. And finally, when Mike did ask me, and I didn't say, yes, thank you, Mike, for inviting me. I said, well, I'll think about it. And a couple weeks later, I just showed up. And as I look back, though, I, I see that it wasn't just Mike. It was other people. It was God at work. And it, 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 I go there, and I start hearing stories of how God is doing amazing things in people's lives. And, and at some point, I started volunteering with the students. And I want to tell you, the students, I, I saw faith in them that I only wished I had. And it, it, it taught me, and it drove me more and more to that. And I did. I committed my life to Christ, and, and it, it has not always been easy. It's not always been a cakewalk. And, and there are times where, quite honestly, it's harder to follow Jesus than not. But it has been amazing, and God has been so good. And I am so grateful for what he's done in my life here and the promise that no matter what happens here, there's eternity and we will be in eternity a lot longer than we will be here, whatever this life holds for us. That's kind of my story, and, and, and you have a story too. And there's someone who needs to hear your story. Maybe a family member, coworker, a kid at school, a teacher, a friend, a neighbor. I don't know. But God has been preparing you to share your story. And he will open a door. And if you walk through it, you will have a role in changing eternity. And that's what God wants you to experience. To know that your life matters today and forever. If any of that you want to talk with someone about, our prayer team is going to be down front. If you need to commit your life to Christ and you want to know how to do that, there are folks here who would love to do that with you. They would love to pray with you, pray and help you in that journey. If you need to connect with others, today group sign-ups start, or if you need to talk to somebody, there'll be some folks out in the lobby that can do that. And myself and a few others will be over here and we'd love to say hello to you, especially if you're, if you're new here. We'd love to, to meet you this morning. As I close in prayer, I hope we, we see that, that God never wastes a hurt, never wastes an experience. And your life matters in ways that you may never comprehend. But if you trust him and you're obedient you will see it when you get to heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to die for us, that we might have life eternal. You came into the world not to condemn the world, but to save it. And somehow, God, in the midst of saving us, you have said, experiencing my salvation is not the whole story. My salvation is transforming our hearts so that we become agents of your grace, so that we become ambassadors for Jesus Christ, so that we can share our story of your love with people who desperately need it. Help us to do that, Father. Help us to trust you when it seems awkward, when it seems hard, 
when it seems like they're not paying attention. May we trust that you are a God who never wastes, wastes an effort and that you will use all that we offer on your account for your glory and for the transformation of this world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go share your story. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.